This is the Brandon T. Adams Audio Experience. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Brandon T. Adams Audio Experience. I'm Brandon T. Adams, and this is episode 62, and it is with Leah Amico, who's a three-time Olympic gold medalist. She was a softball player, and she played for the women's team, the USA team. And this is an interview, well, a fireside chat that I did with Leah at Rise and Record 2022. So Leah actually went through the the mastermind with us, the Rise and Record mastermind, and then went on to become a speaker at Rise and Record 2022. Such an inspiring individual, and it's just so amazing what she's done. In this fireside chat, you're going to hear about the sacrifices it really takes to be an entrepreneur or athlete and how softball helped her develop her strong work ethic. And she talks about how every moment adds up to your own version of success. Just think about this. Not one, not two, three Olympic gold medals from Leah Amico. Let's jump right into it with Leah. So I I really, I'm going to go in different directions here. Um, nothing's off limits, anything? Yes. Okay. We're good. Um, well, first part is I really want to go into the sacrifice because Sam and I talked before about the sacrifice you make as an entrepreneur. Can you go like really detail some of the real sacrifices you had to make to become Olympian like that you haven't really yeah. shared or people don't understand? Yeah. I mean, I missed a lot of things. I missed weddings. I missed funerals. My grandmothers, um, I was with Team USA in another country. Um, I missed, um, yeah, birthdays, high school, you know, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> I missed high school, you know, graduation stuff. Um, I missed a lot. I missed a lot. But the way we viewed it is it was a deposit, what we were putting in, because we were getting something that we could have never, never otherwise had. When, when my son, I had my son, that was the hardest. That was the hardest because... Uh, we didn't make a lot of money as Olympians for softball. A couple of players did, but most of us didn't. And um, we traveled a lot. And um, so I had to like look at the schedule and figure out where he could come and where I could get someone to come and watch him. And a couple of times, my husband and my mom. And like I just had different people that were. It took a village. It really did. But I added up the time that I left my son, who was two at the time, and I added it up, and it was four months. Four wow. months during that short period of time. Um, that I left, but it was never in a row. You know what I mean? The Olympics was four weeks in a row. That was the longest and the hardest. I came home after winning the gold medal. This little three-year-old, he ignored me. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, ready, I'm ready to be home. I'm ready to be mom, like full-time. And he ignored me. And I remember, and that night he woke up in the middle of the night. He came into my room and he said, mom, please don't leave me anymore. And, but I was like, I'm done. Like, I knew, I knew this was my goal. And then I knew, like, okay, like, th- this was it. It was worth it. I saw the light at the end, t- end of the tunnel. Still had the passion. And then I knew, okay, this is a new season now. So there were a lot of sacrifices. <laughs> wow. It's, I mean, anything great, it, you're going to have to pay a price. And it's like, what is the price somebody's willing to pay? It, yeah, and that's what I think it is. Like, I was willing to pay it for that period of time. And then, there, and then I knew, like, okay, I'm ready to not pay that price anymore. I want to pay a different price. Let's talk about, so you said about money. So like transitioning from Olympian into everyday life, like how have you been able to leverage as Olympian for your own benefit from speaking or any other opportunities for what you do? 
Yeah, a lot of Olympians, I mean, everybody has different stories. Every sport is different. Some have a lot more support from their national governing bodies. For us in Olympic year, if we win, we can make a good chunk of money. Helped us to get a down payment on our house when we got ours. Um, so there were some little things. A lot of us, while you're training, you know, you guys probably hear stories. I don't know, like Home Depot, like, will hire athletes so they can make money, and then they give them time off so they can train, because, like, they know that a lot of these athletes are just, you know, starving athletes. And so... Um, so for me, it was like a lot of um, clinics. Originally, it started out as like personal lessons, softball-wise clinics, and then speaking eventually added. And then eventually, uh, that has led me into commentating for college softball, ESPN. I do Westwood One Radio for um, the Women's College World Series every year. So eventually, it, it led into some other TV opportunities as well. So, so it's opened other doors eventually. A lot of my teammates go into coaching, coaching at the collegiate level especially. How has faith played a part of your success and who you are as a person? Oh, my faith is everything. <laughs> my faith grounds me. I had a teammate in college who impacted my life in such a big way. Um, she loved Jesus, and she was not afraid to say it. And I noticed something different. Like, I always had a belief in God, but that was like it. It didn't go any further than that. But she knew it deeper, and she knew the Bible, and she, she believed it. And um, she loved everyone, as so I was so drawn to her. Well, she invited me to Bible study. I was like, I want this. I've always said I thought it, but I know nothing about it. So I started going, reading the Bible, saying, yes, God, I want to give you my whole life. Well, three years later, right after that last national championship, 22, she was 21. She passed away in her sleep. She had diabetes. She was a little girl, and she went to sleep one night, and um, she passed away. And yesterday, listening to John Lee Dumas' story about when he was in the military and lost some of, you know, people close to him and how he realized, like, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. That's what happened to me. 22 years old. She's gone at 21. I hadn't really had somebody young that I'd lost before. And I remember thinking, you know what? I might be gone tomorrow. Like, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And I was like, I am going to make a difference wherever I go. God, I know you have a time for me, and you know, but I'm going to try to be the person that you've created me to be. I want to love people wherever they're at. I don't care how different people are. I don't care, you know, whatever, whatever they believe. Like, I want to be loving. I want to be kind. I want to be someone that comes into a room and changes the, you know, the positivity. And so it's at the core of who I am since I've been 22 years old. I've been like, if I'm gone tomorrow, I want people today to say she was the real deal. She wasn't, you know, somebody that was so caught up in her, you know, softball success or what other people thought of her. But she was real and she was kind and she was, she was genuine and she lived for God. It's so powerful. You know, it made me think of a few stories, and I'll share one, but I, faith, I mean, whether it's in a higher power, faith in yourself, faith of where you're going, uh, Samantha and I haven't really shared publicly, but we, two years ago, witnessed a car accident, and we were first on the scene, and we held a girl's hand, 21 years old, and she passed away, and it was, uh, it was, it was stuck with me, and and it, it, uh, it makes you look at life. I mean, 21 years old, you have a life heading, and it's gone. And so it's like you feel so close to somebody that you don't know, but you're with as they transition. And so I really challenged how we looked at life and how life is short. You know, many people take life for granted. Yeah. You could die tomorrow. And I think that's a big point, too. Like you said, drive you and John Lee Dumas. I mean, me, mm -hmm. I, I don't live with any regrets. I do. I do. I live to the fullest as if I could die tomorrow and be like grateful. If one day it comes unexpectedly, I know when I meet my maker that, hey, I'm proud of what I did. And that's a driver. So for you, talk about 
this transition now. Like, you are an amazing speaker. You are a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Can you share about the, pod, the Gold Center podcast? Yes, I have um, the Gold Center podcast. Brian Post, who you all listened to earlier, we met um, a year ago. And honestly, that's what I love. You can meet one person, it can change your life. Yeah. And Brian, meeting Brian, who connected me to Brandon, the mastermind, everything, you know, but Brian was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, I've thought about it. But I was like, if I'm going to do something, like, I have to have the purpose behind it. I have to know why I'm doing it and really believe in it, you know, but I, I, I have. And so we launched in June, um, Major Media League, um, that platform that he's talking about for athletes um, that is launching soon. Um, he spawned, they sponsor it. And, uh, and so we have, I think we're about episode 16 just launched yesterday. It's called The Gold Standard with Leah Miko. And up until now, um, I've been interviewing other pro or Olympic athletes and talking about the gold standard. So um, it's an acronym. So G stands for goals. O stands for overcoming obstacles. Um, L stands for leadership. And then D is dedication and drive because I feel like those core pieces are like were so essential to me winning gold. So I talked to these athletes about how that translates into, into everything we do. They were the elite level at what they did. So how do you transition now that in a new in a new area? You train for so long. Pro baseball players, they get out when they're 35. And you don't want to just go now all of a sudden you're at the bottom rung again. But yet you were the best of the best, you know, for so long. And so how do you deal with that and transfer that quickly? Um, and so we do that. But talking to John Lee Dumas earlier (laughs) and he gave me some advice to make some changes on my podcast so (laughs) we're gonna make some shifts (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna make some shifts and um yeah use my own voice a little bit more and you know start sharing a little more often and kind of sharing my message instead of just always listening to everybody else's message What's the common theme? So you interview all these athletes, Olympic gold medalists like yourself. What's the common theme you see across the board with all of them that they do that's alike? So one is that um, either either the dream was planted inside of them because they saw something or somebody spoke it into them. Hey, I think you can be an All-American. And all of a sudden, I'm going to go be an All-American. I hadn't thought about that yet. So it's, that's very common. Or it was just this desire inside. Like, I know I'm going to ask one NBA player, do you know you're going to be an NBA player? Yes, I knew I was going to be an NBA player. <laughs> and so just that, that knowledge, like, that's where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. Um, work ethic. Work ethic. Just they, they want to put in. They want to put in more time. Some of these male athletes, athletes is interesting, though. A lot of them are, seem like they, it takes them a little longer to learn some of these lessons. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and then I just think that leadership. I think a lot of them are, are leaders and work on that and, like, you know, that influence that they have over other people. That's what I think happens. They make people around them better, so therefore now all of a sudden everywhere you go, everything's elevating. So I'm curious. I, I think about, so you're on that podium three mm-hmm. times, and you have won You've the highest level. And I, I think about my life, moments in my life, and we all have had our, let's say, gold moments, our Emmy award-winning moments. And for me, it was like looking back when we had created a show and Emmys and looking back, it's like, wow, all the things we had to do is like life flashed before your eyes in your mind as your experiences, the euphoria and adrenaline going through. It's like, holy shit, like, did it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's emotional and all these it thoughts. Is. And Can you explain in the best way, descriptive of, you guys won, you're on that podium. Tell me what's going through your mind. Like, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Well, we already had the dog pile and the, like, in the bathroom, like, getting ready, getting our, you know, war jersey on, like, 
just so excited, you know, take, we probably didn't even have pictures to take selfies at that time. We didn't take selfies back then. But, you know, our little cameras taking pictures of each other. And then they, they announce us to come out. And then you step up as a team. And I just remember, first of all, I tell people it's like every emotion at once. Like, literally, like the gratefulness. Just I'm so thankful to, like, have had this opportunity. The pride, like, the national anthem being played, you guys, it's just never the same after you've stood on a podium. It's just not. Um, the team, like, standing next to me, I literally am like, I wouldn't want to be up here alone. I've always said I'm so much better of a team player. Like, I wouldn't want to be a, an only athlete on a podium. Like, um, I just, I was relieved because there was a lot of expectation. So it's almost like we did it. Um, you're so excited. You just want to, like... And then, and then the last thing I will say is, you know, especially my very first one, I immediately, it's so weird, but like I thought about, well, first of all, I looked over to my mom and dad and sister and brother that were in the seats in Atlanta and just literally with tears in my eyes, just like immediately after it was placed, like I waved right at them. And um, I just was like, all those pitching lessons, all those practices, all those tournaments, all our family vacations became softball tournaments. Um, and I just remember like, and then I literally thought about the Fields guy at Arizona who loved his job. He loved his job. And he's like, this is the best field in the country. And then I got to play on it. And then that elevated. And I just remember thinking, because everybody else did their job, like I was able to get up on this podium. That's pretty powerful. Everybody else lifted me. Yeah. So with that experience, what's your next gold medal in your own version of life now? Oh, I'm just so excited. I just want to do all the things. <laughs> so I'm having to narrow it down. Um, and I do have to say, Brandon, though, like meeting you in this year with the mastermind and the group of people because I'm so about team and it was a team. It was family. Yeah. But team is the other word, right? Team and family. And, um, and I just think the possibilities are endless. I, for me right now, my number one thing is, you know, after I um, got done playing, I just got this crazy passion to speak. But I literally was like, it didn't make sense because I was like, I had every reason why I couldn't speak and why all my teammates were so much better. Today, today we're at lunch and, and Brian says, oh, there's Jessica Mendoza, my Olympic teammate. She does all the MLB stuff on ESPN and you know, Jenny Finch is always everywhere. But, but I literally, I was like, I'm supposed to speak. And I've done a lot of speaking in a lot of different environments and arenas. And it's just because people have asked me to come and speak. I'm like, okay, okay, but... But mass, this Rise and Record, as well as this past year of just deciding that's the direction I want to go in, I'm, I, I want to be able to get on some bigger stages into some new environments to, you know, hopefully be able to encourage and inspire and remind people of the importance of team and perseverance and, you know, just really that, that belief in ourselves that can take us to new heights in whatever we're doing. So um, I'm a sponge. Mm -hmm. Everything that was said yesterday, I'm listening to, and I want to go apply it today. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm just hoping that, you know, some new, new doors of opportunity and maybe with this podcast as yeah. well um, can impact some lives. The good news is we are in a room of very powerful people <laughs> that I'm sure they know somebody or maybe the person <laughs> that want to hire you to speak. Yeah. So that gives a good little jump start. Thank you so much for everything you've Thank done. You. I appreciate you. And uh, let's give her a round of applause. Thank you all.